Hey folks, and welcome back to another chapter in the audio version of your book, How to Become a Police Officer, even if you have no idea where to start with your preparation. So in this chapter, we're going to look at over 50 varieties of how to actually get into the police. This is an overview of what comes after the application form. And I say over 50 varieties because in England, Wales, Scotland, Police Service of Northern Ireland, Isle of Man, Channel Islands, Ports Police, Civil Nuclear Constabulary, British Transport Police, Ministry of Defence Police and the 43 Home Office Forces in England and Wales, there are over 50 different approaches to getting in. And a lot of those approaches can just change overnight. So, uh, for example... Uh, Derbyshire Constabulary, at the time of writing this, have just changed the nature of their enforce interview. And it still involves a presentation, but they've changed the title of the presentation. It still involves a task for you to carry out, but that's changed as well. So everything changes. The only thing that stays fairly consistent for those of you who are applying to Home Office Forces and to the Civil Nuclear Constabulary, who also use it at this moment in time, is the College of Policing online assessment centre or assessment centre depending where you are up to when you're reading this um, throughout the COVID pandemic you might be reading it whilst you're still in the pandemic you might be reading it after in which case if it's post March 2022 when you're reading this and listening to this you might have found that there's no online assessment centre or it could be a uh, mishmash of online assessment centre and face-to-face so um, what do forces Uh, do to make everything so so different well every force involves an application form so that's where they screen out sometimes thousands of people because they can only actually cope with a certain number for the online assessment centers college of policing assessment centers and enforce interviews generally this is the way it goes so we've already covered the application form your application form has been an amazing success and you've got through to the next stage remember the only purpose of an application form is to get you to the next stage a typical process looks like this you'll be invited then to the online assessment center or the new version of the assessment center depending when you're listening to this Uh, that's uh, designed and operated and run by the college of policing And the reason why there is a National Assessment Centre is because, like when I joined in 1985, every force had their own version, unique version of a recruitment process, and there was absolutely no standardisation. There still isn't. (laughs) So you do the online assessment centre. With my guidance, you pass that. The College of Policing Assessment Centre, pass that. And then typically you'll have a force interview. Or actually, it could be, if it's a Metropolitan Police at the time of writing, it's two role plays. Or if it's a Metropolitan Police and you're going for the degree holder direct entry detective route, it's an entry exercise and a briefing exercise in front of a detective sergeant or detective inspector. If you're going for North Yorkshire Police, it is an interview, but they call it a strengths-based interview. Um, Other forces, such as Derbyshire, have a presentation. Uh, a lot of forces will ask you questions along the lines of, can you tell me about a time when? Other forces might ask you that question and also questions like, how would you manage this situation? Or how would you do 
something in the future, like community engagement. You might be asked questions about your values. You might be asked questions about your contribution to the force. What sort of contribution are you going to be able to make? Why you? Why now? Um, you could have situational um questions where they give you a certain situation and they want a really detailed breakdown of how you're going to deal with it. They could also give you problem-solving exercises. Uh, One Force actually gives you the task to go and find a local problem and describe to us how you would deal with it as a police officer. So as you can see from this that it's not just a Force interview and different forces call them different things. So some of them will call them a final interview, some of them will call them an in-force interview, some of them will call an, an enforced presentation. Some of them, Essex and Kent, call them a senior interview. And just to confuse things even more, some forces will do all of this before the National Assessment Centre. Confused? <laughs> if you are, don't worry. The chapters that come after this are going to be able to help you fathom out what each one of these stages involves. This is just a short overview to give you a, a flavour for what you need to do to start preparing because all of those forces I've described that use all of those techniques they could change them all tomorrow they could just change what they do tomorrow so many forces have done this they'll try one thing for six months and then they'll try something else for six months and then they'll settle on something for a year or two and then some new boss comes in and decides actually I don't like that so they'll change everything again it's the only thing that's consistent in a police change so get over it and get used to it so once you've got through all of that the next stages typically involve a fitness test so this is where you should be absolutely starting to prepare for the fitness test don't think just because you can run a mile in a decent time that you'll be able to manage the fitness test because the fitness test isn't just about being able to run to a 5.4 on the bleep test it's being able to follow the rules of the bleep test to the letter Quite a few of my clients have failed in the past, really fit people, because they've not followed the instructions. You give them a warning, fail to um, do something about that warning, and then you're pulled out, and then that's it. So, uh, go to the videos that come in the Police Recruitment Booster Bundle that comes as part of this package. And in there, you'll find a guidance video on how to actually make sure that you smash the bleep test and start preparing for it now because whereas you can start preparing for an interview with a few days notice although not ideal quite a few of my clients have and have succeeded um, one of the things that you can't do with a few days notice is get your fitness in order the same goes for the other aspects of the pre-employment checks such as vetting so make sure that your referees the people who you're going to be using as references know that they're going to get a letter or an email from your constabulary that you're applying to make sure that you've got everything in order in terms of uh, any associations so if you have an association in the family for example that has a criminal background you need to be able to explain it in a huge amount of detail Anyway, more about vetting later on. Um, you've also got your medical coming up, so make sure that you've dug out from the force that you're applying to the medical requirements because so many of my clients get through everything. They're so pleased, they're so proud, and then they fail the medical. And they failed the medical on something that might be a long-term issue that if they'd read that they wouldn't be accepted 
before they'd gone through a year of, I'm going to join the police, I'm going to join the police, I'm going to join the police, then they would have saved themselves a lot of heartache because they would have discovered that actually with that medical condition, they could never be a police officer. And although you may think it's unfair, a lot of those medical uh, pre-requirements are there to ensure that you'd be able to manage the physical demands of the service. And then they're also going to check on your educational qualifications. So make sure that your educational qualifications meet the requirements of the constabulary that you're applying to. Because again, as there's 50-something different varieties of how to get into the police, there's 50-something different requirements of what they want from you in terms of educational qualifications, ranging from, at the current time, Merseyside Police just want two GCSEs in maths and English. And by the way, if you're going to do the police constable degree apprenticeship, it's a government condition of the funding for the degree apprenticeship that you must have a GCSE in maths and English. So it's not down to the force. What is down to the force is anything on top of that. So Merseyside have decided, no, that's the minimum, so that's all we're going to require. Um, I spoke to Andy Cook, the previous chief constable, um, about this. And his view is very clear that, well, if that's the requirement, that's all I want. And I don't want to preclude people who've got life experience. Serena Kennedy, who's the new chief constable at Merseyside Police, seems to have taken the same sort of view. Um, she was the deputy uh, under um, Andy Cook previously, and she's followed the same process. Just want two GCSEs. Uh, both fine individuals, by the way. Um, Serena was a probationer on my team when I was a sergeant at uh, Wigan and GMP so she's done really well well done Serena and Andy Cook I joined with him so um, he's the last one standing out of my intake a bit of useless information for you there so um, what else can I tell you about qualifications make sure you've got the certificates so if you can't find the certificates now don't wait until a couple of days before you get the email that says please can you present us with the originals of your educational qualifications the time to start digging them out of the attic is now the time to discover that you've not got them anymore is now so you can apply for replacements to the awarding body that might require you to get in touch with your school and college to find out what awarding body was it and make sure that you put the right grades down as well because so many of my clients have come back to me to say, hey, I thought I got a B, but I didn't. I just got a D. What do I do? Well, you've just got to fess up. This is why it's important that you are ticking off every one of the boxes all the way through the recruitment program. And actually, that's what this book's for, is to help you tick off those boxes. So you're in good company. So there you go, folks. That, in a nutshell, is the process. Once you've got through all of that, then you will get a conditional offer. And bear in mind that most recruitment teams are understaffed, under-resourced, and sometimes under-experienced. And you may have to chase them up, follow them up, and may have to explain things to them as well. Um, just today, one of my clients has got back in touch with me to say he's had a job offer from a particular constabulary for a start date that's three weeks away. Can you see the problem with that? <laughs> most employers want you to give them a month's notice. So he can't actually join in three weeks' time. So that's a force that's not planned things out very well. You'll find a lot of that going on. It seems to be endemic within the service. 
My own personal view is that the whole recruitment process needs a good shake-up. It's not that different to the one I went through in 1985. It's very linear, so that you might be thinking, why does it take a year and a half to two years for some forces to get me from when I applied to actually a warrant card in my pocket? The reason is because everything is done in a linear process. The application form, then comes the online assessment centre, then comes the interview, then comes your fitness, then comes all the pre-employment checks. I do not know of one force that does them all at the same time. And you might be thinking, well, that would make incredible sense, wouldn't it? It would, but it'd also be quite expensive because vetting is an expensive process. Medical, expensive process. Running a fitness, expensive process. So all the way through this, they are whittling the numbers down. When I say the whittling the numbers down, you know, in some forces, it can be one in 25 that actually get to the end. So one in 25 applicants that actually um, have all the required qualifications and uh, pre-required, you know, all the things that are required at the initial application form stage, only one in 25 actually get in. Other forces, it's a bit better than that. It's about one in eight. It varies depending on supply and demand. And the other thing that could get in the way of an application is some forces will tell you that you've passed everything, but you'll then get one of those emails that says, unfortunately, on this occasion, the intake is full, that your pass marks weren't high enough to guarantee you um, place on the next intake. We may have a vacancy for you in the future. And so you're left in that kind of limbo. So you might be thinking, what do I do there? Well, at the time of writing, the College of Policing rules are that you can apply to as many police forces as you want, but you can only sit the assessment centre once in any six-month period. So I do know of officers who have gone back to do the assessment centre with a different force, having achieved a result that wasn't high enough to get them through to the next stage. They've waited six months and then gone back to do it again to get a higher mark so they can go back into the pool for that force or into a pool for another force and guarantee that they're going to get through to the next stage. Others have simply got that email and they've had to wait because of their family situation or other situation. They can't actually move. They can't actually move to a different force area. So they've had to wait it out. And for some individuals, that's not worked out well because they've had to wait for two or three years. Surrey did this um, quite a few years ago. Uh, They made people wait for about three years and then just wrote to them to say, actually, we don't have a place for any of you. And your vetting and your medical and fitness and everything's run out now. So Sussex down the road are (laughs) recruiting at the moment. Uh, Humberside police kept people in a... Uh, a pool for about two years, promising them at some point you'll get some news off you. Uh, we hope to have an intake date for you in spring, whatever year. And, and some people waited up to two years, which I, I think is completely unacceptable. But it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what I think. Remember the golden rule. Those who hold the gold make the rules. And so with the force recruitment teams, the College of Policing, they hold the gold. They make the rules. And all we've got to do, folks, is make sure that we comply with them. Comply with every requirement that they make so that you are going to be successful. And that's why I will keep pushing in the chapters that follow after this. I'll keep talking to you about achieving the highest mark possible. We are not just after a pass. Because simply getting a pass with many forces is not going to get you through to the next stage. They can pick and choose. And you might be thinking, well, that sounds so unfair. Remember, they don't owe you a living. And none of this is going to be given to you on a silver platter. There's no magic bullet. You've got to work hard at this, folks. But it's always been the way. 
when I joined in 1985, and apologies if this sounds like a salty old sea dog story, but uh, there were a total of, I think it was about five and a half, six days worth of assessment. Three days and two nights of that was in the Welsh mountains being absolutely beasted through all sorts of weird and wonderful exercises. Only one in 40 applicants got into the Cheshire Constabulary in 1985. So it's always been a difficult profession to get into. But because you've got the best company ever in the form of me to guide you through the process, we can reduce those odds. But it's only going to happen if you work hard. So I know if you're, you might be sick of me saying this, but remember, you've got to work hard. You've got to take that action on a daily basis. You've got to recognize that it's imperfect at times because it's not always going to work out how you want it to work out. Your sample interview question, the practice that you do, it's all about building up that, that culture of momentum so that that action you take on a daily basis keeps improving you, improving you, improving you, all the way to the point where you are coming across prepared and confident at your interview, prepared and confident at your assessment centre, as opposed to being rehearsed and dithery, or not knowing what you're doing, or not knowing how to answer the question. There's nothing worse than that. So I know I'm going to keep repeating this and keep repeating this and keep repeating this, but it needs to be like a mantra within you that you take that imperfect action on a daily basis, that will serve you well to get that high mark. All right, folks, well, listen, thanks for listening to this chapter. I'm going to see you at the next one. Catch you on the other side. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>